When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. You know, unfortunately not under happier circumstances. Uh, back from the holidays, expecting last night to be this great, you know, Bengals-Bills matchup, but the result of a first-quarter play where DeMar Hamlin, the safety for the Bills, tackled T. Higgins, the wide receiver for the Bengals, and um, wound up standing up after the tackle and then falling flat on his back, apparently to my eye as it happened, concussed, but in fact was experiencing cardiac arrest as, as he took a shot to the chest during that tackle. Um, he, is in, he was rushed to a hospital nearby in Cincinnati. The game was in Cincinnati. And he remains, as you know, the reporting is as of this moment, he's in critical condition at that hospital. Um, Matt Beauvais, sports director, WKBW in Buffalo, is with us now. Matt, thanks for joining us this morning. Um, your thoughts you. on yeah. what you witnessed last night? Never seen anything like it. Um, like you had mentioned, this was such a big game for so many reasons. And the Bills, the Bengals, everybody was so pumped up. And then just within a matter of seconds, none of it mattered anymore because you saw the severity of what was happening out on the field. And unfortunately, I feel like we've grown numb sometimes to the injuries when you see somebody taken off the field on a stretcher, when you see an ambulance come out onto the field. But this was different. This was 10 minutes of just pure terror from players on both sidelines trying to figure out what was going on with their friends, with their teammates. I've never seen players as distraught as I saw last night. I know there's probably a lot of people who are listening to this who have seen the pictures, who have seen the clips, but those are just some of them. There were players that were buckling at the knees because they didn't understand what was happening. There were players that had to take other teammates away from the area because they couldn't handle themselves. Almost every player had a towel over their face just because I don't think that they could comprehend what was going on. That's what was happening on the field. In the press box where we were standing, we're trying to figure out exactly what's going on. But it's one of those situations where you could hear a pin drop because you just knew that this situation was different and that this was very serious, as as it turns out it is. It was uh, nothing like I've ever experienced before, that's for sure. Matt, how, what was your interpretation of the time spent where guys started to kind of pseudo-warm up? We saw Diggs talking to the team, saw Joe Burrow throw some balls about whether this game was going to be continued to be played or not. Well, I thought it took too long to make the decision that they ultimately should have made. Now, ultimately, I do think that they got to the right decision, but I think that that decision should have and could have been made faster The NFL said in a conference call with all of the reporters last night that were there covering the game that there was never any 
intention of playing the game again. And they know that it has been reported that there was a five minute warm up period and then they were going to play that. They said that that's insensitive and that's ridiculous, but it looks like the players were getting ready to go back onto the field. So I don't know if it was miscommunication. I don't know if that's what they were preparing for, but I would imagine the teams, I mean, we could see Stefan Diggs trying to hype up his teammates after everything that we just talked about happened just to make sure that they were ready. Ultimately, they did get to the right decision, but, man, it it felt like we were waiting there for a while, and it just felt really, really like there was no way you could play a football game. And and I know that moving forward, and it feels so insignificant compared to what's happening with DeMar right now, but I know a lot of people are wondering what's going to happen with this game. It still almost feels like – something in the next couple of days would still be way too soon. That, that's just my opinion on it. Matthew Bove, sports director, WKBW in Buffalo, with us now, Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. And we've been discussing all morning, and um, we will be discussing throughout the day on the network, DeMar Hamlin, the Bills' defensive back, who is today in critical condition in a Cincinnati hospital after suffering cardiac arrest uh, during the first quarter of Monday Night Football after a collision with T. Higgins. Um, can you talk about DeMar Hamlin, the person, Matt? Yeah, I can. Yeah, absolutely. So DeMar Hamlin was drafted last year out of Pitt, who's a sixth-round draft pick, and he immediately came in all business. I know we talked to some of our colleagues who work in Pittsburgh, and they're like, you're going to love this guy. He's going to be a steal, a late-round pick who's really going to make an impact. He didn't play a ton as a rookie, But earlier this season, the Bills' all-pro safety, Micah Hyde, got injured. Second week of the season, out for the rest of the year. DeMar Hamlin was the person who filled in, and he made an immediate impact on the field. He is a big-time player. He does not shy away from anything, I would say, off of the field. He's certainly he's a confident guy, not ever over the top, but you can tell he just carries a certain confidence about him. He's very respectful. He's beloved in the locker room because he's all business all the time. That doesn't mean that he doesn't like to have a good time and joke around with his teammates, but he made it a point when he stepped into that role for Micah Hyde that he was going to be able to hold down the fort because he knows what this team's aspirations are. He knows for the Bills, for the city of Buffalo, this entire year has been about winning a Super Bowl. And he kind of came in with the mindset that's like, yeah, you, you lost one of your best players on defense, but I'm going to show you what I can do, and I'm going to make sure that this goal isn't altered because of an injury that happened to somebody else. He's very active in the community ever since he got here, and I think that that's one of the things that's just kind of so it's so tough about all of this. It would be tough for anybody, but DeMar Hamlin immediately threw himself into the community, into the city of Buffalo when he – got drafted there because he said, this is now my adopted home. So he's been doing toy drives for kids in underserved communities in Western New York for the holidays. He always is at other players' charity events that are in the community. The Bills in general are a very, very tight-knit group because Buffalo isn't a city where there are a million different things to do. These guys hang out with each other every single day. And I think that's another reason why this hits so hard for so many of those teammates because they are not just coworkers and colleagues when they are at the facility. They finish at the facility and then they go and hang out at somebody's house and then they spend basically the entire night there. And then they go home and then they wake up and they go to practice the next day 
and then they do it all over again. So these guys really are brothers, and Demar Hamlin is part of that brotherhood, and uh, that is that is why I, this is so so incredibly difficult for the players in that locker room. Matt, I'm, I'm glad that you shared um, that intimate opinion on who the Buffalo Bills are because what you just described to me is a winning culture. And if you've been lucky enough to be part of a winning culture, those are not your teammates. Those are your brothers. Those are your family members. And you know, last question I have for you, and we have to be quick here, is you know, reportedly Buffalo flew back to Buffalo. Ultimately, you mm-hmm. said this before about you know, still a couple of days is too soon. It would be too soon for me to play any sport. Ultimately, how are yeah. these guys affected? They're, they're not even by their brother. They're still trying to you know, find out information just like the rest of us right now, unless it's coming from the team directly. Well, that's the problem because, I mean, obviously, as you guys know, the teams check out of their hotels before they go to the game, and then they were just planning to fly home. So they would have needed a hundred or something hotel rooms to be able to stay here. So I think that there are players who did stay to try and be with DeMar. I'm assuming it was probably team captains or those who are very, very close with him. And they're just going to wait on pins and needles and figure out what's happening with their brother. And that's what makes this so hard because it's not just, like you said, it's not just a teammate. This is somebody who they love and care about deeply. So they are going to be waiting to try and find any bit of good news. And, of course, that's what we're all hoping for at this point. But, yeah, football now just seems like such an after. I don't know. The team is supposed to play their next game on Sunday against the Patriots. That, to me, even feels too soon. I don't, under, I don't know how you can put these guys back on a football field to practice like they normally would on a Wednesday afternoon after what just happened last night, let alone playing a game if they try and make up this Bengals game. So the NFL is going to have quite the dilemma on their hands, but quite frankly, none of that matters right now. The only thing that does is DeMar's health. Matt Bove, sports director, KWKBW in Buffalo. Thanks for joining us this morning, Matt. Absolutely. Jay, um, that last question you asked gave us some details that I don't know how how does this all fit together. You want to get into that? Yeah, if we're standing here saying, and I, I'm speaking for just all players in general, so it happened to one of my brothers, I'm not leaving until I know what the hell happened to him and if he's going to be okay. That's my priority. So as Matt Beauvais just said, team captains, certain players who are there, if you're Sean McDermott, like I stated earlier in this show, a leader of men, the way him and Zach Taylor came together and said, this is done, we're not playing anymore, how do you not respect that? And how do you move forward? And how long, you know, if you're going to stay there till you know he's okay, that may not, you may not know today or tomorrow or the next day. You may not know, you may not know for a while. So, and so forgive us again, because this leads down the road towards speculation. But about it's not though, Max, because we're focused affects... on the priority, which is DeMar. No, no, I get it. What I'm saying is, focused on him inevitably, right if you're talking about this and you get details, your mind goes there. And like, how does this affect them going forward? Because as you say, if the, if the imperative is to be with him. You can't play football. Can't do both. Not if not if this goes on for a number of days or even weeks. Well, that's a question that we're not going to have answers to. But like you know, if if you're saying that you want us to prior, you know, people often say you see these guys that you're locking arms with, 
Those are your family members. You have to be willing to go to any degree to protect your family members. Okay, so we're told to do that on the field, but now that something off on the field has infected or affected our lives, I'm going to the degree to make sure that my family member is okay. How that affects football, that's not my problem anymore. He's, we, that's, that's my concern. And we hope to be able to bring you good news throughout the day, that on the spectrum of possibilities, um, it's good that, he'll, that he's going to live, that he's going to recover, that he's going to be able to lead a, a full life, and we're going to be obviously attuned to that throughout the day and weeks. We have coverage and updates throughout the day on ESPN and ESPN Radio. More KJM next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. The focus of the sports world this morning is, of course, the very serious situation. Uh, last night during Monday Night Football, first quarter, Bengals-Bills. The Bills defensive back, DeMar Hamlin, tackled uh, Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins. And when, as a result of the impact of the play, uh, DeMar got up. He, he wobbled and then fell on his back, um, looking to me like, oh, did he get hit in the head or something? Is it a concussion? But in fact, what happened is he got hit in the chest, and he went into cardiac arrest. His, ho- his heart stopped. They had to give him CPR for many minutes on the field, for an extended number of minutes on the field, and then got him into uh, an ambulance and took him to a nearby hospital in Cincinnati. The game was in Cincinnati. He is in critical condition right now. As far as we know, according to the latest reporting, um, and but he is alive. Uh, Demar Hamlin, Bill's safety on Darian Mel. This is from April twenty fourth, twenty twenty one. We want to play this for you to give you a, an idea of the kind of person he is. We have been discussing at length during this show this morning, Jay, about kind of balancing the kind of a professional obligation to get information to people who are interested because they course wish him the best and his family the best and and also being sensitive to the human element here is his family and friends and loved ones and teammates might find that you know invasive 
um, that you know the kind of constant reporting. At any rate, to give you a sense of Demar Hamlin. Here he is on Daria Mel, April twenty fourth of twenty twenty one. My whole life has been. I've just always wanted to make it to this position to be able to give back to the people that are coming from where I where I'm coming from. You know, so my first step getting getting out of college, you know, I always just wanted to be able to give back, and I seen a great opportunity. Um, you know, it was around Christmas time. Um, I just had finished up with Pitt, and the first thing I wanted to do was do the toy drive, and um, you know, it was a great success. It was something that we did shorthanded. I definitely feel like. Um, this year coming up will be a lot better than last year, but it was a it was amazing turnout. Um, it was over five thousand dollars donated, and so many toys. Everyone in my community was able to come out, get at least two to three gifts, um, and and just be able to just uh, just have a great Christmas. You know, that's 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 what I really wanted to do. By the way, that the reason that's significant, April of twenty twenty one, that was a week before Demar was drafted by the Buffalo Bills and did exactly what he said he was going to do. Um, that's the kind of person he is. He is alive right now in the hospital, in critical condition, but alive. And of course, everyone's very interested that he can make a full recovery. Um, by the way, his the fans raised more than $3.5 million for his toy drive. Uh, that, that, frankly, that's what I, I posted it this morning on my IG channel just because it was, you know, seeing the clip go viral and hearing every sports talk show and news show at the wee hours this morning, watching everything, reading papers, you start seeing like that's the one thing that people are showing and nobody was really talking about who he was as a person. And I think sometimes within sports, you look at somebody, Max, you typically refer to players as character characters right yeah like, people relate to players as characters like in a story in like a story. they don't i don't know that they make a real distinction and i don't think it makes them bad people i think no. it's the way we're wired between some kind of like marvel movie right or you know some superhero movie and and their favorite football team so i find it very important <laughs> to try to present to people what somebody stands for and who somebody is and speaking of somebody like that, you know, my, my father-in-law went through cardiac arrest. I, I hear my wife talk about it all the time. I mean, literally, he sent me a text during this show that says, as you know, my heart was stopped for four minutes with cardiac arrest. And doctors were telling his wife that I, he could have cognitive impairment. And luckily, he didn't. But, you know, people going through that, you see how some people are lucky to be pulled out and how some people are not. And... Um, Knowing who the person is and what his intentions were, sometimes I think gets glossed over because we're so enamored with the play on the field. Jordan Rooney, the Hamlin family spokesperson, was on Good Morning America this morning, Jay. Um, Here's some of that. There's definitely been a lot of fans. There's been a lot of traction. There's been a lot of uh, people coming by. Um, you know, I think what's most important is to, to give the family their privacy. I think it's, you know, it's tough when you, you see someone on TV or you watch someone play a sport. You, you kind of uh, you know, view them as a human a lot of times. This is a, it's a human being. His family is, is very much going through, uh, you know, going through a lot right now. So you know, I think it's important for everyone to just kind of remember that, that this is a person and you know, his family is trying to work through everything. Yeah, I mean, um, that's what we were just discussing, Jay, the idea that even when you make someone superhuman in your mind, it, in in a way, it's less than human. It's superhuman, more than human. But in another way, they become two-dimensional. 
and not real flesh and blood, not fully fleshed out um, as human beings. But, of course, when you heard last night during the broadcast after the play in which he was injured, um, you know, the talk of his mother riding in the car with him to the stadium that day, his parents being there and witnessing that, it was heart-wrenching. I'm just ple- I'm, I'm begging media members to let their family be together and not trying to pry to find the story right now. Just from somebody, Max, I was in the ICU for a month. I was in the ICU for a month. After your motorcycle accident. Yes. And the amount of times that my parents felt weary to go outside certain little lanes because people were waiting to talk to them, trying to find out something. People were asking questions, you know, to other, like, it, it makes, they're already dealing with so much anxiety and so much stress. It, that just adds on. So just to, on what Jordan said, just to respect their privacy is a really big thing for me. And what would be great is if he came out of this the way you were able to come out on the spectrum of possibilities, given what you went through, Jay, you lucked up, you know, like in, in terms of once the event occurred, it could have been so much worse in so many different ways. And here you are talking to me today. And Well, uh, it's about putting things in perspective, Max. I mean, if he comes back and he's able to play football, God bless him. I, who's even that thinking about gravy, that right now, right? Gravy, but like to be alive yeah, and to yeah. not be cognitively impaired, like, like that's... To be alive is first foremost, yep. right? But to be not cognitively impaired, if that is the case. Be that, incredible. It'd be an incredible outcome. But once again, perspective. And by the way, it's a possible outcome. Yes. And, you know, like not just, I don't mean to say incredible, like it's not likely. I'm saying that, that you know, there's a, there's a spectrum of possibilities and that certainly would be one that everyone's hoping for. Just said for. that my father-in-law's heart stopped beating for four minutes. Um, again, I'll mention it again, Jay. Because we want, I want to stay focused on DeMar Hamlin right now. Um, the idea that, because we saw Ryan Clark, we played the sound a couple times. Ryan Clark played the same position, safety, our colleague here at ESPN now, um, and was like a fearless kind of player, I always thought, Ryan Clark. Mike Tomlin, defensive, fearless kind of little guy who will tackle the biggest guy, doesn't care if he blacks out, all that stuff. You know, if he's knocked unconscious, he's, you know... But that's not fearlessness is, sells him short and, and sells um, DeMar short, right? It's not exactly fearlessness. It's, the, it's bravery. It's an, it's an abundance of a boundless courage because courage and bravery is, is action in the face of fear, right? Because this is a possibility and it is now on the minds of everyone who plays football. How could it not be? Uh, Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin, is in critical condition after suffering cardiac arrest here on ESPN Radio and across the networks and platforms of ESPN and throughout the sports world. You're going to be hearing a lot of this today. uh, And um, hopefully we can start reporting some good news about this situation. I'm hopeful that we can can tell you some good stuff. That's right. We're praying for it. Uh, We're going to have more KJM after this. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. 
Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio. And we've been discussing DeMar Hamlin, who is in critical condition after his heart stopped beating on the field of play after an impact involving a tackle of T. Higgins, as I just mentioned on SportsCenter, um, on the SportsCenter update. Uh, so, Jay, among the people we've talked to today about it is Dr. Benjamin Abella. He's the director, mm-hmm. Center for Resuscitation Science at the University of Pennsylvania, and you can take a listen to it now. Can you explain exactly to our audience, what cardiac arrest means and how it could be triggered in this situation. Yeah, so cardiac arrest is when the heart stops beating abruptly. It happens often without warning and can be caused by a variety of things. We don't know in this case what caused the cardiac arrest, but we do know he had it. And we know he had cardiac arrest because he received cardiopulmonary resuscitation or chest compressions, and that's only given if someone's heart stops beating. So cardiac arrest is the most fatal disease in medicine. If action is not taken, if CPR is not started, it's 100% fatal. Doc, um, we keep hearing a ton of speculation about you know, how long before he became resuscitated. Um, without having all the facts here, though, but like, how long can the brain actually act or operate without oxygen coming to it? So it turns out the brain is very sensitive to the lack of blood flow. And for every minute that someone is in cardiac arrest without CPR, the chance of survival falls by about 10 to 15% for every minute. So the fact that they got CPR started right away is very helpful and and gives us some cause for hope. That said, he was down for a while. I mean, I I hate to speculate. It was hard to tell from the television, but it it seemed he was in cardiac arrest and receiving CPR for, what, 10 minutes, maybe a little longer. That's worrisome. Um, when, When someone needs CPR for that long without getting their heart beat back, there's often a concern for brain injury. And and that's really the big concern right now. And what they're going to be doing in the hospital to care for him is a a number of uh, medical treatments as part of a post-cardiac rest treatment plan. And the general goal is to restore brain health as best we can. Uh, I have a couple of questions based on that answer, Dr. Dr. Benjamin Abella, Director, Center of for resuscitation science at the University of Pennsylvania with us on Keyshawn J. Will and Max ESPN Radio right now. Um, number one, it in terms of outcomes, you talk about how it falls for every minute that you don't get the CPR going, right? Um, right, right. But that's for his survival, which, of course, that's the first thing. But the next right. thing is – kind of functioning after surviving if we do get that good news in terms of the time between when the impact occurred or when the 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 event occurred and when cpr was started 
are there are there is there information about the kind of prognosis in the event of survival in terms of brain function and that sort of thing? Yeah, so so brain function and survival track pretty closely. And what I mean by that is the longer you're down, the less chance of survival. And if you do survive, the more risk of brain injury. So it, it's really uh, unfortunately going to be touch and go. He was down long enough that there is a significant risk of brain injury. Now, that said, I do this work for a living and I see many patients in his exact situation make full recovery. So it is at least possible. Uh, I can't say probable or not. There's so many factors. For example, the quality of CPR has a big role. What his underlying condition may have been that caused the cardiac arrest will play an important role. So so there's many factors that we are not yet fully aware of, and I'm, I'm sure the physicians in Cincinnati will be forthcoming in, in the next few days. I will say this, that it will take days. Brain recovery from cardiac arrest is slow. And I suspect we actually may not learn much more today on his condition. Patients are usually comatose. They're usually in an ICU setting. They're often sedated. And the care for the brain after cardiac arrest occurs over several days. One of the key treatments is something known as targeted temperature management, where the brain is actually cooled slightly, and this improves the healing process. Dr. You mentioned an, an, another follow-up from your previous answer that the length of time that one receives CPR without the heart starting on its own or without the heart being restarted is um, the, the length of time, the longer it is, the, the worse the prognosis in terms of brain recovery. And I'm pr- obviously primarily interested in his survival, as everyone is, and then, to be frank, brain damage. You don't want – you want to minimize brain damage. Um, Why is it that the length of CPR, where it would, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you're now introducing oxygen to the body and to the brain, why is the length of that, however the oxygen is getting there, bad for the prognosis uh, in terms of brain function after the fact? It's a great question. And the answer is that CPR is only partially effective in moving blood around the body. It works, but kind of just barely. It moves blood at a rate that you really want heart function itself. There's nothing like a beating heart. And so CPR is sort of a a band-aid. It keeps blood moving. It keeps a trickle of blood to the brain, but it's insufficient. And so you just don't want to be in a CPR state for too long. I see. Um. Doc, I, I do want to, what are, what are there, I mean, obviously without having all the information, what are, what are next steps? Like how long, Yeah. you know, I, I, and I know there's different, you know, points that you could put together of all your different patients, but typically when something like this were to occur, like what is that process like? Sure. So when patients arrive in the emergency department after cardiac arrest, and, and we see this almost every day in emergency departments around the country, what happens is a set of interventions that occur over uh, hours to days. And this is part of what's called a post-cardiac arrest bundle. And so the patient is usually put on a breathing machine, on a ventilator. Uh, they're kept comfortable, uh, sedated, given pain medicines, and so forth. And there's sort of three major things that are done. One is this temperature management program called Targeted Temperature Management, where 
in general, uh, fevers are uh, controlled. That is, we really want to avoid fever. And often brain temperature is actually lowered depending on the situation to reduce brain swelling and improve brain recovery. The other key thing is very careful management of blood pressure. You want to maintain a good pressure of blood into the brain so that the blood can get there, the oxygen can get there, and healing can be promoted. And then the third thing is general support of organs, because just like the brain takes a hit in cardiac arrest, other organs do as well. And so there's a number of things we do to manage electrolytes, kidney function, liver function. And this occurs over several days. The, the cooling process generally is 24 hours in many hospitals protocols, um, but then it takes several days beyond that to see if the brain will recover. In fact, one of the hardest things for families, friends, supporters in a cardiac arrest situation is, is the weight. Uh, the brain is still a mysterious organ. We still have very um, rudimentary tools to know whether someone's brain will recover. And so sometimes it takes as many as three, four, or five days after a cardiac arrest event before we can really get a more clear picture about what recovery looks like. And so there's going to be a very tense and difficult waiting game that I think is going to continue over the next few days, unfortunately. Dr. Benjamin Abella, Director, Center for Resuscitation Science at the University of Pennsylvania. You can follow him, by the way, at Benjamin Abella. Doctor, thank you very much for your time this morning. Thanks, Doc. Thank you. And let's let's pray for recovery. Indeed. Uh, hopefully we can bring you, you know, the, we're focused on DeMar Hamlin right now um, after the event of in last night's game, Monday Night Football first quarter, the collision that resulted in his cardiac arrest on the field. He's in critical condition at a Cincinnati hospital now, Jay. And hopefully during this coverage, and the sports world is focused on this right now, during this coverage we can start to bring you hopefully some good news. Yeah, I, I just... You know, he said it at the end that these next four to five days will be very tense and difficult, not only for us as fans on the outside looking in, but you can only imagine what this experience has been like for his family who is by his bedside, wondering if he's going to be able to pull out of this. But like I said before, nothing else really matters but him right now. But him. The first thing as we've discussed several times this morning, with given your uh, motorcycle accident, Jay, that you talk about publicly nowadays is um, survival, yeah. right? You talk about the spectrum of possibilities. Right now he's alive. He's in critical condition. The next thing is coming out of critical condition, right, and getting into stable condition. And then hopefully eventually what we find is, and we're not thinking about playing football. I mean, if that ever happens, amazing, right? But no, we're, we're thinking about, him leading a normal life, <clears throat> him leading a normal life, you know, having cognitive capabilities that he had before, et cetera. And as the doctor said, there is the possibility of that. He wouldn't say probability because he wouldn't say it's probable simply because we don't have the information. And there are a lot of different factors. But he says he'd seen many examples. That's what he said of full recoveries. Hmm. And so hopefully this is one of those many examples and um, stay tuned, and we will continue our coverage of this all day here on ESPN. More KJM next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Sports World Today focused on DeMar Hamlin, Bill's safety, 
who, after tackling T. Higgins, Bengals wide out last night in the first quarter of Monday Night Football, stood up after the play, which is a hard impact, stood up uh, and then collapsed on his back, fell backward. It looked to me at first, I thought, you know, just in real time, oh, he's concussed. It was helmet to helmet or something like that. You know, it happened fast. And then upon replay, it turns out it was trauma to the chest, followed by cardiac arrest. His heart stopped beating. I think it's reasonable to infer that the trauma to the chest caused his heart to stop beating. Um, However, there has been a lot of reporting on the NFL's response including Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL insider, who told us the following earlier today on this show. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book direct at lq.com an nfl field if you're going to have an event like this is not a it's not a terrible place like they are highly trained medical professionals on those sidelines and it sounds like he benefited from that to the right that, that the statement says that they restarted his heart on the field like that is obviously remarkable and and uh and and a testament to the work those people did in a in a short and difficult amount of time. So that, as we, you know, time is of the essence. If the heart stops beating and, and apparently they responded, you know, in quickly, given the circumstances. Um, Jay, I understand that you have tweets from a friend of yours that was there in the stadium. Yeah, a friend's friend and who is a diehard Bills Mafia fan, right? Diehard Bills Mafia fan. So he said, let me tell you about what you didn't see on TV last night. And he gave a couple of nuggets here. Not one Bills fan or one Bengals fan left their seat, Max. The entire stadium was almost silent. The entire Bills team was around the ambulance. The entire Bengals team was down on one knee. Many in my section, Bills fans and Bengals fans, broke out in prayer. I sat and cried with Bengals fans hugging each other so tightly. I saw a grown man crying and strangers linking arms. So many Bengals fans circled around all the Bills fans offering support. The shock look of every single fan's face showed you the devastation. The walkout of the stadium was very somber, eerily quiet, and honestly just sad. That's a description that he gave of what it felt like to be in that stadium. And, you know, we, we were talking about this. Um, you pray for him and his family. You hope he's okay. I also hope that T. Higgins doesn't put too much. I, I don't know how you deal with that. You know, we were having a conversation during the break 
you famously heard Kobe Bryant talk about this in the documentary they they did about uh, winning the Olympics, and uh, they were playing Spain, and he talks about, hey, the first possession, I'm going to run through Paul Gasol's chest. That's his dude. That like That's what they teach you in sports, right? You run through their chest. So for Teagans to put his head down to run through, I can't imagine what he's going through being the person that kind of you feel like you did that to a degree. I can't un- understand or even fathom what he's feeling right now as well. There are some uh, boxers, Jay, who after a fight that results in a, a tragedy, the, the, the fighter who was on the, you know, not on the receiving end of it is never the same sometimes because he can't approach it quite the same way. Sometimes they can, the, the fighter who, who um, hurt the other fighter can recover psychologically, emotionally. Uh, sometimes they can't. And they're just not. I can think of several examples where that guy was never the same. Still young and in his prime, but he was never the same after that. And I expect, I suspect that there will be some players for whom this is a kind of pivotal point in their in the way they view their careers and the sport they play, which is dangerous. I will also say that it's a in certain ways it's a numbers game, even though it's a freakish play. When have we ever seen something like this? T. Higgins tweeted, by the way, my prayers and thoughts go out to. Uh, uh, Inside his handle. The, the, right, yeah, his, his handle, handle, DeMar Hamlin's handle. Yeah. Uh, Hamlin Island. I'm praying that you pull through, bro, love. Um, but, but at any rate, uh, they can, I can imagine that, that – like, so, so it's a numbers game. So there's so many teams, like 32 teams, all, you know, uh, 22 guys on the field at any given moment. Uh, play after play after play, all throughout the league, collision after collision after collision. Years can go by. You know, how many thousands and tens of thousands of collisions? And then suddenly something like this could eventually happen. The odds are very low, but they're not zero, obviously. And you hope that when it does happen, the NFL is prepared, it appears they were, and that we get a good outcome. And part of it's as prepared as you can be, part of it's probably luck. And hopefully... We get lucky right now. So the biggest takeaway today is you hope that Hamlin's health is okay. You hope he pulls out. You hope that cognitively nothing affects him, that he's okay. And also, you know, his family's okay. It's I've never seen something like this in sports before. Um, in a real moment, the way we are all watching the game. Like last night felt like it was a Super Bowl-like event. So Danish midfielder Christian Eriksen had cardiac arrest in 2021. He's, he almost died. He is back playing. Of course, that is not a full contact sport. The athletes are not the same size, not the same speed, and the name of the game is yeah. not to. A lot of head collisions in soccer, though, headers. Yes, I'm not, I don't mean but to understand. minimize the, yeah, da- the, 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 not the uh, danger. Yes. Right? Like in baseball, by the way, you, know, you get hit by a line drive. That has happened. High school kids and everything, and that can be it. I mean, this is the nature of life, not just sports, but yes. certainly also sports, um, but certainly also tackle football at the NFL level. Agreed. It is different. Um, and and bef- I'm, I, I, that would be such a, if he chose to continue playing, if we, even, if we got to the point where DeMar Hamlin could make the decision whether or not he wants to continue playing football, we're winning by so much right now. The first thing is he needs to survive. And then the next thing is we want to hear that he's back to his old self cognitively. Um, And hopefully 
we heard um, Dr. Abella, Center for Resuscitation Science at the University of Pennsylvania, tell us, while he can't say it's probable because there are many factors that go into recovery, he can say and did say that he has seen many examples of similar situations, full cognitive and otherwise recovery. So hopefully... This is one. Uh, this is another one of the many examples, and and you know it'd be great to be able to report that in the near future. I pray that's the case. He also said in uh, his great interview he did on our show that for every minute that your brain doesn't receive blood flow, it, it, with the capacity drops ten to fifteen percent mm-hmm. of how it can operate. So and that's uh, closely correlated to survival. survival. Survival rates and 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 cognitive recovery are closely. Uh, correlated so it goes back into that question because we couldn't see everything going how long was it before he got resuscitated that's going to be a question that uh, question i had last night it's a question i still have today question i'm sure we're going to be asking until we find out he's okay and it was you know for those by the way tuning in and thinking all this stuff happened in the nba and what does this mean for this playoff race in the NFL and the AFC and Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. And that's not what we're talking about. Certainly not today, um, in case you're wondering, because there's, there's a bigger, more important thing that's going on. Um, even just to start speculating how that affects other stuff doesn't feel right. And, and Dan Graziano was on with us earlier talking about how he might be more dogged in terms of texting and pushing yeah. sources for information under other circumstances but under these circumstances there is an, a, a kind of crowding out of that kind of professionalism or careerism or whatever you want to call it or you know professional responsibility in Dan's case for others I might say careerism in Dan's <laughs> case it's not career it's professional responsibility but there's a there's a there's a greater imperative there, there's a greater human imperative Great. here at, out of consideration to the family and 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 loved ones uh, and their privacy uh, you know, right now, even though we all really want to know that he's okay. And I was going to say, Max, as a, as a teammate, as a former player, he's the only thing that would matter to me right now. I'm not sure I can play football until I know what happened to my brother. You know, and they may mention that some of the team captains may have stayed. Some players may have gone back to Buffalo. How do you, how do you even begin to deal with that? Um, like I said, our prayers and thoughts are with them. Much more on this coming up on ESPN Radio and on all our networks throughout the day. We'll see you tomorrow at 6 a.m. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.